Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. Our next guest is the author of the book, Messed Up Like You by Rick Colleton. He joins us here on, uh, on It's Your Community to share with us what prompted him to write this story and what he's hoping readers will get out of this book. Colleton's story is repeated triumph over adversity will inspire you to overcome the negatives in your life and to achieve your dreams. Rick, how are you? Thanks for joining us here on It's Your Community. I'm good. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. So tell us, Rick, what prompted you to write this book, Messed Up Like You? Well, it happened as kind of as an accident, um, almost a rather funny story, but my, my daughter bought me a subscription to StoryWorth, which is uh, something that um, compiles some questions and answers. And each week I would get an email um, that would ask a question and I would answer it. And um, I was writing to myself and my answers were very candid and it was kind of a discovery process as I went back through some of the things in my life that I had encountered and started to think more about stuff I hadn't thought about in a long time. And uh, it was a very private affair until about oh, 10 weeks in, I got an email from my mother and um, she was startled at one of my answers and I was startled at the fact that she'd seen my answer. Oh. <laughs> and then I realized that there were other people tuned into this, um, to this event, to uh-huh. this storybook writing. And, and um, then uh, by that time, I, you know, I figured the cat's sort of out of the box. I just continued on um, in a very, you know, very transparent uh, discovery process of what had happened and just an- answering these random questions that I, I don't even know where Storyworth came up with them, but some of them seem to be very on point. And then to, at the end of the year, um, as we all gather for, for family Christmas, I see a family member open a copy of a book and my daughter had printed them and handed them out. Oh. Um, that was a, so it, that was a little bit tough. Um, I mean, and in, in, in this is a little bit different book and not nearly as long as Messed Up Like You, but it was the start of that. And um, so I had a copy of it. It was also a gift to me and I, I had it in my apartment in Costa Rica and um, found a friend picking it up on the coffee table one day and she had read it, picked it up and read through it a couple times. And um, she's a person with a very difficult past, uh, someone I have a lot of respect for. And uh, she said, Rick, you really need to, uh, you need to get this out to some other people. She goes, some of this stuff would, is inspiring and would, would help a lot of people. Um, and there was a lot in there that was just kind of anecdotal that wasn't really um, relevant to the things that we're talking about and messed up like you. So I narrowed the focus a little bit and then expanded on it um, in an effort to try to help people who suffer from ADHD and anxiety, uh, primarily. Although I've got other problems in my life, that is where the where this book went. So tell us, what is the main advice you have for people who do struggle with ADHD or anxiety or other mental illnesses uh, because of choices they make early on in life or because of external challenges or other circumstances? Well, I think the first thing, and probably the most important, is get professional help. I've had two different doctors in my life, and I, I, you know, um, I, I think that that's probably the, the single most important part. The, 
The next thing is to identify what it is that helps you cope with these, because these things are there for life. And we all have anxiety to some level or another. Not everyone has ADHD, but if, you, if you're someone who suffers from anxiety, identify what causes the anxiety, try to avoid those situations, find ways to cope with it, take notes, um, and work, work your way through it. Um, I, real, I feel the anxiety still today. Um, I realize it's there, I recognize it, and um, I know it's gonna, it's gonna pass. And I, I do what helps me get through that moment the best possible. But when it comes to the ADHD, I have a completely different feeling on this in that um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't agree with me, but I don't see ADHD as a, as a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, okay. it's something that needs to be understood and maybe dealt with, but I see it as a benefit. And when you, this is going to be hard for somebody who doesn't have ADHD to understand, but when, when we're in a classroom and, you know, the teachers are telling us, oh, you know, you're not living up to your potential, the, um, you know, all these, and, and maybe you don't have great grades in the, in the classroom, it's not because you're not smart. It, it, matter of fact, I, most of the people I know with ADHD are a little smarter than the average person. But there's so much going on in your head. And the reason that you can't focus is that you have a lot more thoughts every moment than anyone else does. My biggest problem as an adult with ADHD is to not act on so many of those thoughts. And that's particularly important for me in business because I will get an idea and I will just run with it. And I've had to learn that just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should. Great, great point. So Rick, do you see that ADHD is something that you've learned to, and I don't know if this is the correct word, manage? I've, 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 I think I have, uh, I think I've almost mastered it. Oh, I, wow. I, I, I see, um, I let it out when, I, when it's beneficial to me and I keep my mouth shut and, and my mind focused when it's not. And I, obviously I still have, I have trouble focusing all the time and um, I still have a lot of those telltale signs of people with adult ADHD interrupting people in conversations and that kind of thing. But for the most part, I've learned to make good use of it. It's, um, it is probably one of the biggest reasons that I'm successful. Tell, elaborate it, to our listeners on that. Why so? Why is it, why do you attribute that to your success? Because there's, I've had so many ideas. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, nev ideas. I'm never short of, yeah. I'm never short of a business idea. I could give you five on any given day. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, it, they go through my head, I, I see a problem and, and my brain is just working to solve it and then it suddenly turns it into some sort of business. You know, you can solve a problem, figure out a way you can make money, yeah. create jobs and, and it happens all the time. But I have done that. I've created it and I, I still run three companies today, but there have been a lot of others in the mix along the way that I've either had to sell to other people or just let go. And in retrospect, I shouldn't have even done those things. Yeah. Um, I just did them because I could and because I had an idea. That's a really but good point. those those ideas are, are you know what fueled the businesses that I have. That's a really good point. We're talking about messed up like you. We're in by Rick Colton. He's joining us here on It's Your Community. Rick, what are you know? Can you elaborate a little bit? I know you mentioned this earlier, but what was what are some difficult things that you face when sharing your personal details of your story? And for people listening to us who may be challenged to share their detailed personal details of their story, what, what can you share with well, our listeners about that? 
Some of it was particularly difficult for me because uh, I'm now 56 years old. I, I grew up in central New York and I moved to Texas when I was a teenager. And a lot of the people that I know now didn't know my past. Mm. Um, I went from high school to prison. Um, I was homeless for a short stint. I, I didn't have the most glamorous life. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting to see and hear um, what people have to say that know me now, even people who've known me for 20 years when they read that book, because um, someone said it, uh, I've used this a couple times since, but a friend said, I've only known the shiny Rick Culleton. Um, and I think a lot of people look at me and think I've got it all together. Um, and I believe that we all have that you know, you look at other people, and especially in the age of social media, when people really try to polish their image and make themselves look even better than they are, we tend to look at others and think they've got it together. And uh, my experience has been the more together they look, the less together they are. Um, and I'm a great example of that. People, they, they see me and like, they think, oh my gosh, you've got it so easy. You, you know, you have all these businesses and you have this great life and this wonderful family and all this. And and in, but I'm still struggling inside. Internally, I, I deal with the same things that everybody does. You know, I've had mild depression. I deal with the anxiety, ADHD every single day, and, and other issues, health issues as well. So it's not necessarily what you're given. It's how you deal with it. Yeah, that's a great lesson for all of us. It's not necessarily what you're given, but how you deal with it. That's a great quote. Rick Culleton is who we're talking to, author of the book, Messed Up Like You. Rick, where is the book available, by the way? I think you can get it just about any bookstore. It's on Amazon. Um, okay. There's links on my site, rickculleton.com. Um, but I think it's available just about any place. And we have an audio book in the works that will be out shortly on Audible. So, Rick, do you see this book being used as a tool to have, like, a group conversation with people with similar challenges or, you know, people that have, like, group discussions or that kind of thing? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that one of the things that comes from this book is that people who read it become a little bit more open with the people around them, and then it does spark some conversations. And and he, and I, I still think there's a, a bit of stigmatism with any type of mental disorder. Yeah. Um, and if we can, if, if this book will help some people overcome that stigmatism and, and talk a little bit more about this, either with a therapist, friends, family, or just someone else who shares the... Uh, the same problems they have. I've, after this book, even before the book, but especially after, I've, I've had more friends open up to me and share their stories and um, even acquaintances sometimes. And I've known this all along that we all deal with this stuff, but there's evidence everywhere now. So flying airplanes is a the central theme of the book. Elaborate or explain to us about that experience and why you chose that as a central theme. Well, aviation was chosen because it's probably the thing I was least likely suited for. I have a horrible fear of heights and the worst sense wow. of direction of anyone I know. One of the things you have to do when you're getting your pilot's license is do a long cross country where you're out on your own and you have to fly from point to point to point. I got lost. I, I nearly ran out of fuel coming back and I think that might be in the book at some point. But so it was, and, and I still have a horrible fear of heights and, and a lousy sense of direction. It didn't fix that. That was my hope, was that learning how to fly an airplane was going to, um, to cure those two things. It didn't do anything for either one of them. But um, it, it was just, the reason we picked that is it was, um, there were a lot of things that we could use 
to demonstrate some of the life lessons that I had learned, but at the same time, it's when you get to know me through that book, then it, then you really realize that there's it was quite an accomplishment for this fool to be able to learn how to fly a plane and get a license. So, what would you say was the most important lesson you took away from flight school? You know, it, it, for me, flight school it, it was one of the very first things that I had really persevered through. Um, I had a very hard time with it, and. What I took from flight school was I learned to learn. I had always been a horrible student. The only reason I even have a high school diploma is I'm certain the teachers were afraid I would come back for another year if they didn't give it to me. I just never did well in school. I didn't like education. I, I didn't, I, I, I was, I don't know. I was never really in the room. And, but when it came to aviation, I really wanted that pilot's license. Um, not because I wanted to fly. As a matter of fact, I, I haven't flown much at all since I've had that license. Um, but I wanted to, to get it done. And d just as an example, you, you have to have 40 hours to take your, your, your flight test. That's what's required, 40 hours of instruction. I failed my first test with 100 hours. Wow. But I wasn't, I wasn't going to give up. I, <laughs> like, I've gone this far. I'm going to finish that. And so after that... I became a rescue diver. Um, I have a black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, I was an accomplished triathlete. Uh, rode my bicycle from, from Paris to, to, from London to Paris. I mean, it, it was easier for me to set goals and accomplish things after flight instruction because I knew what it was like to have to learn something that was difficult. And yeah. that getting through these beginning stages, after that I've learned to play guitar. Uh, many, many things, but I think that that was my, my gateway accomplishment. Wow. That's pretty impressive, too. And so, in this process, Rick, of going from a story works, you know, kind of full length, uh, story works book to a full length nonfiction book manuscript that, that is now published, messed up like you, what was that process like for you to actually well, go from that <laughs> to this book? That was another. That was another learning experience. It was a. It was a class in itself. I had no idea how many, how much time, and how many people it took to write a book. And I don't even remember all the job descriptions of all these. But one of them comes to mind. And this person was called the interior designer. And their job. This is a job. Is to make sure all of the pages line up at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I've then, done my own books. Yes. And then the exterior cover designer couldn't finish until the interior designer was done because they didn't know how many pages there were and they didn't know how thick the spine was going to be. And there were, it, this is just one example. There were so many things intertwined in all of this. Yeah. And I met so many incredible people. And we had this team when we're done. And it was, it was an accomplishment for everyone when this went to press. Yeah. And, it, and it took a year and a half. Um, now, would I have done that if I hadn't had, had known that in the beginning? Maybe not. But I think I'll write another. Um, this wasn't even, I, I had wanted to write a book for a long time. This wasn't the book that I had in mind, uh -huh. but um, I'm still, you know, I still have the other brewing and um, I think I'd do it again, even knowing what I'm getting into, but it was a very learning experience and a lot of fun. So what would advice do you have for people, one, who want to write their own book and two, who want to start a business? Well, very different things, at least in my world. If you want to write a book, start writing. Yeah. And it's like anything else in, in life. Um, write something every day, you know, get down and write a page. You're not going to, you, you, you're not going to all of a sudden sit down and have that book flesh itself out in a weekend. So 
get started and, um, and stay at it. If you, if you want to open a business, the best advice I can give anybody is solve a problem. And you, many people go into the business for, into business for the wrong reason. And if you, if you wake up one day and say, I'm tired of my job, I don't want a boss anymore, I want to make a lot of money, and then you try to imagine what your business is going to be, you're probably not going to be successful. And more than likely, you're not going to be happy. But if you're open to starting your own business and you just pay attention to what's going on around you and look for a problem to solve, you can create a great business. But you've got to do it for the right reasons. You, you've got to, you've got to create, to, to make a business sustainable, it has to serve a real purpose. My primary business is 26 years old. And it's in technology and something that you might think would have just gone away. And I think a few people thought it was going to go away over different points in time in history. But we solved the problem. We solved a lot of problems. And that's why we're still here doing what we do. And other businesses that I've tried um, for the wrong reasons, such as opening a coffee shop, um, didn't survive because they really weren't solving a problem. There's a coffee shop on every corner. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a really good point. We're talking with Rick Colton, and you know, when I, 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 it's so funny, Rick, because when I went into communications and earned my master's degree in communications, it's because I saw such a disconnect in the workforce about how people communicate in the workplace and why there are so many problems and and people just, you know, relationships falling apart is because of how they communicated. So that's why I went into coaching was to help leaders uh, and managers better communicate within the workplace to build better teams. And so I saw the problem myself and I'm like, I, I got to do something about this. So that's really a great point. Are you solving a problem or are you opening businesses for the wrong reasons? We're talking with Rick Colton here today on It's Your Community. Messed Up Like You is the book. It's available on Amazon and several bookstores, many book, all the bookstores. Have to Google it, and it's going to turn into an audio book as well. Um, if you're, you know, in your book, you talk about the many entrepreneurial ventures that you started. Uh, are there other areas of business that you plan on pursuing? Are there other interests that you have, or? You know, I'm sure there will be. I, I, I don't know what's next, and um, it's just it's hard to say. You know, I, I have hotels in Central America now that I never would have imagined I have, but it was. Uh, it, it was just uh, the timing was right. Something happened and uh, opportunity knocked at my door. And um, I have no idea what, what will be next. But I, um, I am ready for something new. I'd like it to be really new and really different. Let me ask you this, Rick. You, you, you talked, you mentioned earlier about how you were homeless and then spent time in prison. You know, for people listening who are facing major adversity or really feel like they're, they hit rock bottom, what would you say to them to pick themselves up and, and kind of move forward? What, what advice, what's the first step they need to take? It's got to come from the inside out. You're, you're, you have just simply got to decide that you're not happy with the circumstances you've got and you're going to do something about it. And that doesn't always, ha you don't have to be at rock bottom to make these changes. You, yeah. you, can, you can turn yourself around at any given time and Sometimes it takes an outside force or an event to motivate you to, to get things going in the, in the right direction. And 
it's it's all hard work. I mean, you're you're going to get back what you put in and then some. And if you're, you know, if you're in financial ruin, stop spending. Do what you can to make more. Spend less than you make. Um, if you're not happy with yourself physically, get in better shape. Do what it takes to to turn your life around physically. If you've got bad relationships, was Dr. Stephen Covey uh, had one of the one of the best um, stories I've I'd ever read about relationships and how other like uh, savings accounts and that you need to make more deposits and you do withdrawals. And he went on to he went on to sell somebody one time. He, he said, "But I just don't love my wife anymore." And, and Dr. Covey said to him, well, then you need to love her. And there's a lot to be, it seems like a, a, a very simplistic statement, but the idea is work on the relationship. Um, do what you have to do to love your spouse. Do what you have to do to, to get your, your body in the shape you want it to be in. Do what you have to do to, to get your financial house in order so that you can enjoy your life. Yeah. What a great lesson, uh, Rick, because, it, you know, in order for, you know, Success. It takes work, just like you've explained in this book. It takes work. I mean, you don't wake up one day and you have a manuscript written. You don't wake up one day and have a successful business. It takes time and work and planning and strategizing. And and sometimes I think that's the biggest challenge for people is actually putting in the work. Yes, you know, it's um, it's unfortunate, but we as human beings can be rather lazy at times. But we're creatures of habit. And the, the habit of being lazy is, is, is easy to overcome. You just keep doing the right thing and the right thing becomes the habit. And suddenly you're not sitting on the couch with Haagen-Dazs watching Netflix anymore. You're walking your dog down the street or going to the gym. And, um, it goes for everything else, financial relationship. It's all habits, you know, and you look back in time and you'll see that you're, you're a product of your own habits. And if you want a better life, get better habits. That's, that's a great point. We're talking with Rick Culleton. He's the author of the book, Messed Up Like You. It's available on Amazon and bookstores around town. Rick, uh, we have about three minutes left with you here on Intro Community. What else do you want to share with our listeners about the book and your life experiences and the takeaways that you want to take away from the book? What else do you want to share with them? I think that, um, you know, probably the, the most important thing that I could say to anybody out there is that is to simply keep trying. And when one aspect of your life isn't going the way that you want it to, it's not a reason to let everything else go. And I see this a lot, and I've done it myself. Um, just because your, your checkbook balance is negative doesn't mean you should eat pizza and sit on the couch and let your body go. Or if you've got a health condition, it doesn't mean that you should let your financial situation go. And treat every part of your life separate and compartmentalized and work on each area individually, rather than collectively saying, I'm no good, I can't get this done, I give up. Because you, you've got to put it together one piece at a time. Wow, that's great advice. And, and that, I think that's um, partly human nature, I've seen myself do that too, but one area is not going well, you think every aspect of your life is horrible. Uh, and you can't make anything work. That That's a really great advice. We're talking about Messed Up Like You, Rick Colton, again, available on Amazon, uh, on Intercommunity. Rick, thank you so much for for sharing your story in this book and sharing your story with us here on Intercommunity and, and sharing lots of uh, advice and tips for people listening here today. 
Well, thank you for having me, Vanessa, very much. My pleasure talking with you. Messed Up Like You, Rick Culleton, available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, show topics you want me to get to, you can reach out to me, Vanessa Denhagarmo. You do that very easily. You can go to Epiphany Communications and Coaching, and you can private message me there on my website. You can find me on all the social media platforms. I'm on Twitter. You can follow me there on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and Epiphany Communications and Coaching. Uh, is also uh, I'm also on Facebook, so you can find me on social media. You can go to my website, Epiphany Communications and Coaching. We're always looking for guests to interview right here on It's Your Community. As always, we remind you, our listeners, to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time right here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.